going on? It is the Doug Show, and this is Doug Cunnington speaking. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the age site case study, and a lot of people were asking how I selected the site. That is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have a normal uh, little digression in the beginning, maybe at the end, possibly throughout the whole darn thing, but... uh yeah, we're going to get into it today. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the age, aged site case study, the general premise is this. I'm going to buy a pre-made site. I'm going to outsource as much as the as much of the work as I possibly can and hopefully I'll make money as soon as possible and not just make money, but have a positive ROI as soon as possible. So that's the main idea. And it's simple, all right? I stated it in like one sentence, but even though we're outsourcing it, it can get fairly complicated. So I'll just hit sort of the brief outline on like what's gonna happen. And I will talk about the uh, selection process. So the general the general process is this. I will buy the site, migrate it over to my like hosting company, I currently use uh, SiteGround. I'm going to order about 50 keyword, golden ratio compliant keywords. I'm going to improve some of the existing content. I'm going to prioritize the keywords and then have a content company write 50 articles and publish them. I'm going to do some blog commenting so that I can get a little bit of promotion going on. And I'm also going to get backlinks, guest post, most likely, from a couple different companies. By the way, I am using um, companies that I've tested in the past, and I'm an affiliate for each of the companies that I mentioned. So keep that in mind. If you happen to purchase anything through my link, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for doing that. It helps me, well, it helps me understand that you actually care about this content that I'm putting out there. So, um, you know, if you, if you use the affiliate link, that's awesome. I'll buy a beer with it and I'll be able to produce more content like this. So anyway, keep that in mind. So that's the general idea. Buy the site, outsource everything. I've done other pieces of content, uh, like over on the YouTube side where I explain like who the site, uh, or who the case study is for, aside from myself, Obviously, I'm going to have an asset at the end of the day. You know, that's the other part of the goal here. And um, yeah, so basically one must have a budget. This sort of case study is for people that have more money than time. And I know a few people emailed me. Um, they were like, hey, Doug, uh, this is way too expensive. I can't, I can't afford to purchase these products. I totally understand. I came from that same spot. I started with uh, basically uh, extremely small budget and I just did all the work myself. So if you want to outsource it, then you got to pay for it. If you don't have much money, but you have more time, then you got to do the work yourself. So a lot of my other content is oriented all around doing the work yourself. In fact, I kept trying to, I mean, I've, I've tried to encourage people and push people to do more work themselves. Don't outsource, but people just want to know like 
what companies I use and blah, blah, blah. So that's the sort of, you know, origin of this whole case study. Now, before I get into the site selection stuff and how I picked it, I'm going to digress a little bit. And I recently had a physical and I'm going to, I'm going to tie it together to some other conversations that we've had together here on the Doug show, but I had a physical, it's been like about two, two and a half years. I'm about 40. I am 40. So, um, it was around the time that I should, you know, have a physical again, check out my cholesterol. My, my family has a history of high cholesterol on one side and then like high blood pressure on the other side. So, um, you know, I, I, I've always been aware of that and, I think it was like in my late 20s, my cholesterol was sort of like creeping a little higher. It was in the, I think it was like in the 220 range. Maybe it crept up slower. So it was like like 205 and then it was like 220 the next year. And then maybe a couple of years later, it was 225. And you know, people were like, oh, you know what? Your cholesterol just goes up when you get older. Um, there's nothing you could do about it. It's in your family, blah, blah, blah. Now, the, it wasn't the doctor telling me that, by the way, but just, you know, matter of factly, my friends were telling me about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got we had to get on the uh, cholesterol medicine and it knocked my cholesterol down, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't want to take a bunch of prescription drugs and stuff like that. And over the past couple of years, like I mentioned, my cholesterol was creeping up. So I guess it was two and a half years ago. Um, actually, it's probably further back. So I knew it was going up and I was like, oh shit, I need to get a, get a hold of this. So I would, I would actually try and cram for my physicals which doesn't make sense because you can't really cram. But um, I would go like six, maybe six weeks out from when I was going to have a physical or knew that I was going to schedule one. And I would like have a little more green tea. I would eat a little bit better, maybe not have quite as many beers and, um, you know, have some oatmeal like, uh, you know, four times a week or something. Not the instant stuff, but like the whole whole cut, you know, rolled oats and like it takes a few minutes to cook it. You can't just like uh, pour hot water on it, stir it up and you're good to go. This is uh, the oatmeal you got to get a boil for five minutes or whatever. So anyway, I would cram for my physicals and um, it started going back down. So I think I was at like 210 or 215 a few years back. And then um, the last time I had my cholesterol checked um, two and a half years ago, it was like, 201 or 205, something like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing better. I'm eating a little bit better. And um, I don't think it has anything to do with ex the exercise that I was doing because I generally have had a uh, fairly like static uh, like exercise regimen over the past you know 20 years. Like I've always done a decent amount of like activity. So that said, the way it ties into other conversations is I have been intermittent fasting for say like one to four days a week for the last few months, say like three, four months. And um, anyway, the whole punchline here is my cholesterol um, dropped down. So it was like 205 before, 201, 205, whatever. And then now it's like 185 
which is great. Like anything under 200 is really good. But the really super awesome thing is my cholesterol is now lower than my wife's. So my wife is like uh, at two or uh, sorry, 189. But you know what? The numbers don't lie. I'm just I'm just a little bit ahead of her. Uh, my HDLs are through the roof. LDLs are maybe a tad high, but like the HDLs are, are very high. So anyway, the whole point here is like I've, I'm feeling better with intermittent fasting. Um, I trimmed a little fat off, um, just my my frame, just a little bit of fat off, and my cholesterol is lower. And I'm still, I mean, I'm still having some beers here and there, not quite as much as uh, like last winter time when it was you know very cold and dark in Bozeman, and I was uh, I was just drinking more beer because it was winter time. But um, the <laughs> the intermittent fasting is working for me really well, and I like feel better. I enjoy it. My cholesterol is lower, and like my my brain seems to be firing on all cylinders. So you know things are good. If you're thinking about maybe you know one cutting weight, your maybe your cholesterol is high. I'm not saying intermittent fasting um, will work for you. It happened to work for me. And that wasn't even my goal. Like I was just trying to trim a little fat off, but the byproduct was I'm eating like better foods, even though I wasn't intending on it because um, one funny thing that happened, and then we'll get into the, the topic of the day, selecting the site. One thing that happened is um, if, when I'm fasting, for example, the meal that you have to break your fast, the first meal you have in the day, what you have is like really important. So it's not just like fasting, right? It's not just fasting through the day. But like if I were to have, say, a bowl of pasta versus like um, like three eggs and a few slices of bacon and a little bit of avocado, like big difference there. Like one is full of carbs and the other one's full of fat and some protein. And the fat and protein, I would... I'd be able to eat that. I'd feel pretty full. Um, and I just, I'd be able to like do whatever I needed to do, whether it's like working out or um, continuing to work in the afternoon or just, you know, chill out and walk around, maybe uh, do a podcast like this. Uh, versus if I have pasta after the fast, I'm probably going to fall asleep for a few hours or feel really tired. And, you know, those carbs are not going to be doing me any favor any favors versus like the fat and the protein. So do your research. I barely know what I'm talking about, but my cholesterol dropped a fairly significant amount. And um, like I said, I've just been told, hey, it's in your family. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, it's kind of bullshit. Turns out, I think a lot of people in my family were just eating exactly the same kind of garbage that they used to eat from, you know, years ago. So let's talk about... Let's talk about selecting a site. So in this case study, and by the way, if you haven't um, followed along, you can check out the raw notes page and just some of the, actually, it's just sort of my blueprint and outline. So there's no narrative. There's no BS. If you go to nichesiteproject.com slash ASCS for age site case study, then you'll be able to uh, get the links, some of the explanation. There's some screenshots. And I've been trying to sort of consolidate all the different um, pieces of content associated with this whole case study. All right, 
So if you go to ASCS there, you'll be able to check all that out. So I bought the site from Human Proof Designs. Um, my friends over there, they've been doing this for a long time. They have a pretty wide range of sites and products that you can get. And by the way, you can save 5% if you use my coupon code, which is in the show notes. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it's in the show notes and you can get any of their products or services, save 5%, all right? So they have a lot of different sites over there. Human Proof Designs, I'll say HPD from here on out. And basically you can get a straight up ready-made site. These are like well-researched. I'm reading some of their information there. So they're well-researched, they have content, they do on-page SEO, and they say it's uh, researched and validated profitable niches. So those are the ready-made sites. They also have custom-made sites. And those are similar to the ready-made sites, but they apparently have a hand-selected niche just for you. The team will get to know your interest and then they'll find a niche for you, something that you're hopefully at least interested in, maybe even passionate about. about. Um, wow, it sounded like I was from Canada there. So uh, anyway, you got the ready-made sites where basically they're pre-made. You could buy them, get them in your possession in probably like a week, maybe maybe a little bit less. Those are going to be a little more expensive. And we're starting at the cheapest, and we're going to go up to most expensive, I believe. Um, so the custom-made sites are very similar, except you like work with the team, and then they find out like maybe what you're interested in, and they'll try and find a niche in that area. Age sites is the option number three. That is what I picked. So these are pre-made affiliate sites and they've been aging for six months or more. And basically, I I, I think th this is one of the areas where I really wanted to test my like assumptions because I, I talked against these done for you sites for, I don't know, like three years or so. Um, I had links going to several different companies that had services like this, but I didn't even put affiliate links in my content because I was like, I, I don't even want to encourage people to purchase these. So I had a pretty strong assumption that these sites were bullshit. Um, so like a year ago, I was thinking maybe I need to revisit my assumptions, right? I think it takes a wise person to, uh, you know, review what they think, and then maybe consider that they were wrong for a little while. And then to, you know, in a political sense, like flip-flop. I know it's not cool to flip-flop as a politician. I don't like politics, by, by the way. So uh, no, no one send me anything about politics. But basically, I was like, hey, I need to test the assumption. I assume that these sites suck, but maybe they don't. So that is like one of the the... I guess little seeds that um, was in my brain and then it grew into this case study and it took some time for me to, to formulate what I was going to do. But basically like that's how it started. I was like, Hey, I don't think these are good. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see what we can do. I think I was wrong and I'm glad that I, I am reviewing like the options out there. So anyway, you got the age sites. They're six months or older they publish content out there and they let it chill. 
Um, I think at least at some point in time, some of these age sites did get some like backlink activity. I don't know exactly what kind or how it was done, but as I've reviewed some of them in the past from some of my clients and some of the ones that I reviewed, I was like, hey, there's some backlinks there. And I didn't know where they came from. So I'm not 100% sure the origin, but I'm sure HPD would be able to, you know, let you know what's going on. We'll come back to the age sites. I'll give a little bit more description in a second. Next, they do have um, what they they brand as starter authority sites. And this, uh, the description here, I'm going to read it straight up because I, honestly, I think there's some buzzwords working in there. So, um Starter Authority Sites, a valuable online asset with multiple monetization opportunities in the niche of your choice, ready to gain traction quickly and provide a great return on investment. All right, I'll be honest with you. That sounds a little bit, um, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. It sounds like an affiliate site where maybe they have multiple um, income sources. So maybe you could put some ads on there. Maybe there are different affiliate programs. Maybe there are ClickBank products that are associated or something else. So I have some content out there around like authority sites versus niche sites versus micro niche sites versus fill in the blank of some other term. Um, Basically, they're all affiliate sites in some manner, right? They're, They're content sites and then they sell something. Now, some people may put some definitions on there, but uh, the the problem with that is a lot of times the definition, um, there are exceptions to it. So maybe someone tells me, hey, an authority site has really long form content. Well, you could have really long form content, but um, maybe you don't have that many posts. And maybe someone else's definition says, hey, you need to have at least um, 400 posts. I'm just making all this up, by the way. You need to have 400 posts um, to be considered an authority site, which is obviously arbitrary, but uh, same situation. You could have a site that has a lot of content, but that it's very short form and not very high quality content. So someone may try to add more criteria, but in each case, you can kind of find an exception or just kind of, you know, define or find an example that contradicts whatever definition. So uh, it's really just a branding thing, in my opinion. My website is called Niche Site Project. So I kind of stick with the niche site vocabulary, um, but really it's just an affiliate site. So anyway, the authority site, it sounds like maybe it's a more broad area. Maybe there's already a little more traffic. Um, so have a look there if you, if that sort of interests you. And uh, the cool thing is you could just, you know, set up a consultation with human proof designs and they could probably steer you in the right direction. All right. Last one. So this is revenue generating starter sites. So these websites have all generated income and they're just getting started. Um, they're starter sites with proven rankings and sales commissions. So this is basically like the newest product that they have out there. And, you know, I think it's a great move to sell a site that's already making money. Um, and you know, my, if I step back and I'm just, if someone told me about the idea, I'm like, 
yeah, that's fantastic, but why wouldn't they keep the sites? I, I still wonder that, you know? Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I didn't get into the services business because I had some reservations about selling sites like this. So other people, they're crushing it with it. Um, people like buying the sites. Um, other people like making the sites and selling it. So there's a supply and demand there and it's a market and blah, blah, blah. Not a market I really wanted to be in, but obviously there's a lot of crossover between my um, my content and human proof designs. And it's kind of awesome that we don't step on each other's toes too much um, as far as like the content, the things we're selling. So last um, quick, or actually, yeah, so we got the revenue generating sites. And if you could buy a site that's already making money, like you kind of have proof that there's traffic, people are buying stuff. So that's, kind of the, um, it removes a lot of the risk because so many people are like, I don't know what niche to pick. I don't know if it could possibly make money ever, but if you can get a site that even if it's only making a little money, like, you know, that it can get traffic and convert. So kind of big quick recap. So number one, you got the ready-made sites, very basic, not aged. And you know, they kind of take care of uh, some of the early heavy lifting. Number two, you get your custom-made sites. So very similar to the first offering, except it's made just for you based on your interests and what you want to do. Number three, you get the aged sites. So these are going to be older. They're aged, of course, so six months or older. They will have um, potentially a little bit more content, but not always. And number four, you get the starter authority sites, which seem to have multiple mon monetization uh, possibilities. And number five, you got the revenue generating sites, getting traffic, making money already. So those are your five options. I went for the middle, right? So number three, your aged site. So I'm going to tell you finally, right now we have the baseline knowledge. So I'm going to tell you the criteria that I used to pick the site. And it is shockingly simple. So I mean, actually, I'm almost embarrassed and people are going to want to have like more criteria, but basically I just wanted to know which website had the most keywords that it was ranking for based on a report from Ahrefs. That's pretty much it. So I looked at the stable of sites that were available. Um, the there were quite a few. I mean, if you go over to uh, nichesiteproject.com slash HPD, um, you will see there's a ton of, uh, that'll take you over to Human Proof Designs. You'll see there's a lot of sites for sale. There's a lot, there's a lot of options for you out there. So you can, you know, pick what you need based on your budget. I was flexible on the budget. Um, so, I had a range. I was like, all right, I don't want to get the cheapest ones. I want to get an age site. So that was like the number one criteria. I want to make sure it's aged. That was, I want to skip the sandbox. All right. I want to, I want to just get a site, skip that first six months so I can start making money right away. If you listen to some of the other episodes, you know, within like three days of me putting my tracking ID on the site, made a sale. Um, I'm recording this at the, I don't know what day it is. It's like the end of August. <laughs> it's the end of August, very close to crossing the $100 mark. Man, it's so close. And um, we're getting 
we're getting towards the end of the month. I'm not sure if it's going to do it, but it'll be super cool if it can hit a hundred bucks before the third month is over. All right. So that, that is potentially the biggest thing. So I did want an age site. So that eliminated some of the selection. And then I just looked at the number of keywords that were ranking um, as a secondary area. Cause there were a couple other sites that were um, similar in the like general range of the number of keywords. And I was looking at the positions of the keywords. So if you look at the Ahrefs report or the report from like SEMrush, very similar sort of reports, you can see the number of organic keywords that are ranking. Most important are the keywords that are ranking in positions one to three. Those get uh, most of the clicks. Um, if you're ranking like four to 10, that's good too. You know, you're in striking disc, uh, striking distance and you're able to uh, move up hopefully in the future if you're ranking like 10 to 100 which is the other portion of the graph and report that you may see well that's not as good because people are rarely going you know into deeper pages yes you may get some long tail traffic people type in pretty crazy obscure long phrases long tail phrases keyword golden ratio phrases and basically 11 to 100, it's not really going to bring in much traffic. So the most important ones are what's ranking in the top three. So, I mean, you could even flip it and just say, I'm picking the site that has the most keywords ranking in the top three positions. That would be totally valid. But that's my main criteria. How many keywords are ranking? And let's go back to the, the opening. The premise of this is to, this whole case study is like, Buy the site, outsource things, get traffic, make sales as soon as possible. So to get sales as soon as possible, it was very important for me to have as many keywords ranking as I could. So that is why I took that route. Just looking at the number of keywords should narrow it down quite a bit for you. But here are some other things that I looked at. One was just like the niche and the products that were available and the branding of the site. So what I wouldn't want to have is something where I'm like painted into a corner and I won't have like anywhere to go. So you don't want to be like painted in the in the corner, right? So best ballpoint pens for 2019.com. Not a great, you know, not a great way to start it off. And I've, I've given that example many times, but basically you want to go a few department levels up when you're just looking at like the Amazon, like uh, shopping area, right? When you're just looking at Amazon, you just check out the specific product, go up a few departments, and then you end up at like office products, which would be a fine, you know, niche. There's tons of products, there's electronics, there's old school stuff. There's just everything that could be in like an Office Depot, Office Max or whatever. So you want to brand more broadly. And that's one of the things that I would look for is like just to make sure that you have the ability to grow. So look out for that. I know, I think Human Proof Des Designs um, has really adapted and they've like grown their scope of what they cover for sites and stuff. But I know 
some other vendors potentially have very narrow sites and they're really like the kind of sites that you would see in 2013 and 2014. And we don't really do that anymore. So just make sure you got room to grow. For my position, I also like to see like a range of prices for the products. So if everything is like 20 bucks, then not great. You want to find something where there's a big range of prices. Cheap stuff is good, you know, under 20 bucks. Expensive things are good too, right? Like you don't have to sell as many of them, but the flaw in picking a niche with just high ticket items is people don't buy those products as often. So your volume is going to be lower. Yes, it's true. You don't have to sell as many, but I've definitely seen um, some people with sites that get plenty of traffic, but the the price of the products, they're expensive. So they just don't push that much of the product. So all things being equal, I would try and find some niche, a department, a set of category uh, categories out there where there's like a big range of prices. And it actually, it's quite common in many different areas. I just pick an example out of thin air here, just thinking of clothing, because I'm standing in my closet recording this, just thinking of clothing, you can get a plain white t-shirt for like a couple bucks in Walmart or Target or whatever. You can get a really pretty inexpensive plain white t-shirt. If you go to a very trendy like boutique store, you could find a basically visually exactly the same plain white t-shirt for like 90 bucks or $190. And they're both like just 100% cotton t-shirts, just normal. (laughs) Like there's nothing different, but there's like a very cheap one and there's a very expensive one. And it's all about, you know, the branding, the labeling, and like what the person wants to feel like after they make the purchase. So some people, they always want to get the cheapest item, no matter what it is. Some people, they always want to get the most expensive item, no matter what it is. And if you have, you know, a range, you can give people that option. Some people, they're always going to pick the middle one. And that's probably where I end up. You know, I'm going to pick something kind of in the middle or just like just above average. So a range of prices is really good. What's the perfect price? Well, I don't know. Uh, I would say usually the advice I give is like, if you could find a lot of products that are in the 75 to hundred dollar range, give or take, that's pretty good. You know, you're going to make a little money if people buy one of those products, but it's not so expensive that they're spending, you know, a couple weeks researching and then like checking with their friends and spouse and like trying to figure out like which 3D printer to get. Like that's kind of a big purchase, you know, you got to figure out a lot of details around it versus like, hey, I just want to get a USB microphone that I can, you know, use to record podcasts. That's a little more straightforward, a little less expensive. All right. So, Moving on, a couple other things that you can consider that basically I didn't. So I looked at the number of uh, I looked at the number of keywords. I looked at where they were ranking just to make sure it wasn't um, uh, it wasn't misleading me by the number of keywords. So there were quite a few ranking in the top three, by the way. And then 
I looked at the products just to make sure there was a range of products. I wanted to make sure it was a niche that I thought was fine, which it was. All the ones that I looked at seemed fine to me. Nothing was alarming. And then that was it. I didn't really care how old the site was. Um, I think it was uh, like about a year old. I can't remember off the top of my head. It wasn't the oldest site in in this uh, like inventory, but it wasn't like just at six months. So it was, I think, between six months and a year old. That's all you need for the age site, right? So age site just needs to be over six months out of the sandbox. So here are the other things you could look at. The age of the site, the number of words on the site, so some of them may be 20,000, some of them may be 50,000. I just looked at the inventory earlier uh, this morning and yeah, it looked like there was a little bit of a range. And then you could also look at the number of posts that are published. So obviously um, not all of the content is gonna be the exact same length. So you may end up with a couple like pretty long like buying guide type articles or pretty short informational ones. So you do need to have a look at the number of words and the number of posts, but in my opinion, it doesn't like really matter all that much. Um, it just happens to be like how the site is laid out. So you could look at that if it's really important, but for me, I didn't care. I just wanted to make sure it was ranking. And lastly, there's a couple um, couple other pieces of criteria that you could look at depending on the site that you're interested in. So this may not be applicable applicable to some of the other sites. So number one, the number of items sold and the earnings. So again, human proof designs now has like sites that are earning money. So those two pieces of criteria, those are the ones that would be relevant there. So you could have a look at those as it's, you know, relevant for those sites or not, depending on what you need. So anyway, all I looked at was the number of keywords that were ranking, and I just made sure that I thought it was going to work out. So, I mean, one of the big things people, I mean, I get a ton of emails and people ask questions on uh, YouTube and stuff. And basically, like picking a niche, it's like scary, you know, like if you pick the wrong one and you don't know what you're really looking at with the keyword research and you know you need to have some searches and maybe you just learned about the keyword golden ratio and you got to figure out hosting and then there's the WordPress themes and like there's a lot of moving parts and it's overwhelming once you start listing out stuff. It's stressing me out right now. But basically like if you can buy a site and not have to stress out about picking the niche, like that's what people want. And I, I mean, I still argue like, Hey, you need to have the skills. Like it's pretty important to understand how to like repeat the process here. Um, and I mean, I have an engineering background. I think it's important to know why you do things and how things work. And it's interesting to me. So I've always said like, uh, you know, I really think you guys should learn guys and gals should learn how to do this and like understand all the mechanics, but some people don't have time. And that's like why this case study is resonating with so many people. Now, by the way, um, I got 
a couple questions that were sent in. So in the next or coming up in an episode soon, I'm not sure if it's going to be published next or in a few weeks, but keep an eye out. So it's a, someone sent in a question, very long, thoughtful question about flipping the site versus keeping the site for cash flow. So that's coming up um, in a few episodes. And then someone else also sent in, actually, it's a voicemail. Thanks for sending in the voicemail. I think it was Darren. Um, so I'll, I'll play that on an upcoming episode. But basically, it was like, hey, should I buy an age site or a not age site so that I can keep my initial costs lower? So it's just, it's like, which one should I do? Should I... Should I get the cheaper site so I have more money to spend on other services and stuff or just buy the site that already is aged? So i got a couple of those questions coming up. And if you have questions, by the way, number one, you can leave a voicemail. There's a link in the description or you can send an email to feedback at doug.show. So like I mentioned before, I got the age site. So that was like option number three in the list of five that I read out. And I, you know, looking back, um, I'm glad that I picked that one because I guess the closest um, other option there would be the sites that are already making money. And I think that boosts, you know, the cost a little bit. I, I don't know the price range that they have. And I know, I'm not sure what formula or how they figure up the prices, but like if you have a site that's like ranking for more keywords, it's going to cost more. And I, I got one of the more expensive ones. It was in the five grand range. Um, there is a video on YouTube where I talk about the expenses and I'll probably do a whole episode for the podcast as well. But um, basically like you get what you pay for. So when you look at the, you know, the five different product types, if you get the site that is just done for you and it's not aged, it's fairly economical. You know, it's generally going to be under a thousand bucks depending on like the options you get, number of uh, posts and how much content and all that kind of stuff. But you get what you pay for in all the cases. So the, the more value that you can get from one of the products, the more it's going to cost. And that is why like, you know, the, an age site that is um, ranking for a lot of keywords, a few hundred keywords, it's going to cost more than an age site that is ranking for 15 keywords, all right? Moving up the value chain, when you got a site that's already making money, it's getting traffic, well, that's gonna cost even more because it's a proven asset at that point. So when you're looking at which one you wanna buy, the most important thing is your budget, all right? It's only up to you. You could spend as much as you want, trust me. Um, I'm sure you could slap on some custom packages and other stuff going on with any of the products and you could, you know, spend as much as you want. But I think looking at the context of the full case study, looking at the overall audience, um, generally most people don't have an unlimited budget. Most people maybe have a little bit of money to spend, maybe a few thousand. I think when you're getting into the you know, five-figure range, um, over 10,000, under 20,000. There's not as many people, right? That's a lot of, that's a lot of dough. I mean, just over, overall, that's a lot of cash. And then just to be able to spend it on a product or a set of products and services that you're not 100% sure that it's going to work or not, 
you got to have uh, some ice running through your veins there, or at least, you know, like me, I'm pretty confident in the process. And I was like, hey, this is probably going to work out. It's going to be pretty hard for this to like completely fail. So let's go with it. Let's gamble. Let's put my money on the line for people like you listening and let you know how it's working out. Let you know like, hey, I made some mistakes in this area and here's how you can not do it. Now, luckily, I, I tested out all the services ahead of time to minimize any sort of issues, which was, um, I think, pretty smart on my part. So I don't have to, you know, run this case study and then like backtrack at some point. So I tested all the services ahead of time, knowing that like the value is 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 there, right? The value is there. I can I can see how this is going to work, and I tested each individual piece by itself. So. I'll, I knew independently they would work um, and putting them together, we should have a like a full framework on how this is going to be profitable. Okay, so we'll, I'll just do a little recap here. My cholesterol is uh, doing well. I know everybody, that's the most important thing, right? And uh, the criteria for selecting a site. Here's what I advise. Number one, Figure out your budget so you know like what you can even look at on like human proof designs or if you're using another service or maybe you're looking on Flippa. A couple of people were like, hey, can I buy a site on Flippa? Sure, you could do whatever you want. I think it's a lot harder to find like anything worthwhile on Flippa. But I mean, they're out there. I've seen people get great deals, but you kind of have to like just monitor all the time. And in my opinion... Well, I don't like, I don't like doing that. I don't like monitoring or like trying to find the diamond in the rough. I'd rather just like get the thing from human proof designs and stop fucking around and just like get the site and then I can go on with my day. So let me get back on track here. Let's focus up people. Focus up. Talking to you, Doug. Doug, you focus up. All right. Basically, Figure out your budget, number one. Number two, if you have some options, I would highly suggest that you get the site that is ranking for the most keywords in general. And as a secondary criteria for that, ranking really well for positions one through three so that you know that it's probably getting traffic. Those are the main things. Um, Figure out your budget. Get a site that has keywords that are ranking. Now, if your budget doesn't allow for that, that is okay. Don't fret. Potentially, you can get a site that is not aged. And the cool thing is all you have to do to get an aged site is buy a site and then wait. And then after six months, you have an aged site. So if you are patient, which I hope you are, you could potentially just buy a site and then wait. And then your site will be an aged site. So you're good to go. So those are the main things. You could also look at the amount of content on the site. I mean, obviously, um, you don't want to get like, um, overcharged um, or something like that. Like if there's some sort of mistake in the pricing, I'm not suggesting that there is, but you should peruse the, the site and like understand like you're getting a site with, you know, 
35 posts and they're 1500 words a piece, or if you're getting a site with like 10 posts that are 2000 words a piece. So like you should have an idea and roughly, you know, I imagine the cost per word is about the same across the board there, but it just depends on like your budget. If you're looking at one of the higher end sites where it's making money, right? So these are the sites that are already pulling in revenue. You potentially would look at number of products sold, number of revenue. And when you, I guess, sort of cross-reference that with the keywords, you should have a pretty good understanding like how to prioritize uh, different sites that are in that uh, range there. So those are the main things that I would look at. And as you, I guess, are potentially realizing now that we're many even dozens of shows into the Doug show. I just try and keep things uh, pretty simple. And if there's a way to make things complicated, um, that's what I used to do, right? I, I maybe would have set up some sort of weird weighted uh, like a decision matrix with all these different pieces, you know? Or I'm just like, all right, what's the top like two things maybe? Can we like simplify this a little bit more? And then usually you can't like... Usually if you just step away um, a little bit, or at least for me, if I back up and I'm like, do I really get any value by trying to like really analyze all this stuff under a microscope and try and like make the most absolutely optimized like uh, decision, like you almost can never do that. It's like predicting the weather. So even if you have all the data available and you pull on even more data, like you may not get any closer. So from where I sit, where I stand at my standing desk here. Basically, if you look at the number of keywords, you're going to be all right. So look out for the other episodes coming up where I answer a few questions. Thanks to those guys that did send in questions. I do appreciate it. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff, and uh, you're listening to it, and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.